Glory. Take a few seconds to quiet your soul. for the melting of your faces like wax. God wants to possess your faces. He wants to wear your souls with all of his power that only happens through an ever-increasing fire. for that fire tonight. Please, Father, we pray 
melt our souls today. If you are looking for vessels, here we are. never about what you have to become. It's only who he is. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken right now and there's a tremendous amount of things. All of it is because of the rise of the Father in the Christian souls. The Father is getting his sons and daughters back. And in doing that, the sons and daughters get the planet back. The planet is full of snakes. You can't throw a rock and not hit a snake now anywhere in the world. Because that serpent seed multiplied. Snake eggs, which is every sin committed by man and woman in Satan's pride. It's the multiplication of Satan's pride in the blood. And the, br the blood births eggs. And it's everywhere. And it's all in the flesh and blood realm. And fire is God's solution to the eggs. Reptiles lay eggs. Satan is a snake. The serpent the primal evil of the red dragon. So it's the fire that will burn the eggs and the egg sacs in blood and in flesh. So don't be distracted by the hatching of eggs. Lies always give birth to lies. And the deception is so thick upon the people's minds that there's nothing you can say or even do that will convince them you're right and they're wrong. That won't work. All these things have been reserved for fire. When the enemy's seed has grown into the maximum of wood, hay, and stubble, there's no fixing that house that the snake eggs built. You can't talk to the house. You'll waste every moment of your ministry in spiritual warfare against that house. Don't even wrestle that house. A total waste of time. You rise in the Father through the melting of your soul and the Father's fire will burn Satan's house of lies.
concentration of fire. A focus. A rest in the fire. <laughs> Where every activity ceases and the desire to perform is fully dead. Anything that you are anxious about and I can say excited about still must die or it will bear no fruit. There is no activity you can perform in the realm of the natural that will get a person closer to God. <laughs> Only him inside the spirit through fire can a person encounter God. So is all natural activity meaningless? Yes. A chasing after the wind. Completely and totally worthless. The issue is in the midst of all the sand there is solid gold working in your spirit, the divine part of you. That's the part that must expand. That's the solid rock on which we stand. That's what we build upon, the wisdom of the master builder. It's God himself. Getting his creation still before him to become wax for his fire is not an easy task. That was the only difficulty in Christianity for 2,000 years because of our religious pride. We want to perform. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. All of it's meaningless. None of it has any value. You'd be surprised what you get rewards for in heaven. We reward ourselves on earth. But what is rewarded in heaven? Just him. He is the reward. The Levite's inheritance. You don't get any land, no property, not much possessions, but the Lord will be your reward. Man, they really got ripped off. That invisible God. Back then, faith was way more scarce. Now you got the new covenant of grace. What a deal. Thousands of years of types and shadows symbolizing your reward is the Lord. Mm. <laughs> See, the reward of the Lord is fire. The reward of the Lord is death. 
and being entombed and the ceasing from labors. Nothing lazy about it. No one works harder than dad. But dad is fire. And you are not. You are not fire. The separation from the creature and the creator is very distinct. And we often confuse the two in our madness, thinking we're something when we are absolutely nothing. Fallen angel madness is the only corruption of humanity. The pride of Satan flowing through the human bloodstream from birth that most people live a life of insanity. And very few have ever gotten free. The blood must boil. It must burn. The body almost be put in a straight jacket to stop its wriggling like a snake, which it is in the fire. The serpent was lifted up on a pole. What is that? Everyone that looked at the serpent was healed. It's the flesh of Jesus leading by example what you must also do with your flesh and blood, with your serpent nature. Kill it kill it, kill it, and then die daily. And then the fire of God will increase on the inside. What is a flame of fire? It's a torch of someone's flesh lifted up on a pole. What is a burnt offering? What does it symbolize? Your flesh sacrificed in the fire of the Holy Spirit. There is a much, much more thorough burning for you. silence of the Father's fire, you can feel and see and hear the moving of our pride. You can literally feel that substance resisting the Father's fire. And you just put it right over the flame. right now inside you by faith. Offer your members, 
your organs, your brains, your thoughts, your opinions, your cares, your wants, your, your desires to God and let him be more God and let you be more child. Father of glory is the father of fire. The increase of your burning sacrifice. <laughs> the burning sacrifice of a mind. that knows it can think no thought but evil. The brain has zero capability of thinking a correct thought. Exactly zero. You'll never get one true thought out of a human brain. King David said, I said in my astonishment, all men are liars. You believe it? It's true. What is he saying? The human brain is incapable of a true thought, of an obedient decision, of any right doing. The lamb was slain to bind humanity to his altar, especially the brain. What is the kingdom of hell? Your brain is the kingdom of hell. My brain? Yes, my brain, your brain. The place of independent thought from his spirit. Now there could be some renewal in your mind, but that didn't come out of your brain. That origin is from a different entity that is not you at all. A different person that you made room for in your heart. And so you're learning how to yield your brain to your spirit. You're learning how to be a living sacrifice. We offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. So what does God receive? A living sacrifice. How is the animal of the flesh and brain and blood offered to God? Only one way in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Through fire and more fire and burning and smoke, incense rising in his nostrils, the burnt flesh, the burnt brain the burnt heart. Do you believe that your heart can melt like wax? Do you know that your transfiguration is based on the dissolving of your physical flesh of your heart into the fire of God? So you will face death every moment of your transfiguration because that's what's burning away in the flesh of your heart and blood. It's not that you'll feel as though you're dying, it's that you are dying. 
Unless a man loses his life, he can in no ways find it. <laughs> Jesus said, unless he takes up his cross, a tool of death. How gory. What is Christianity? This is some crazy stuff. It's the only way God can get his glory through a human vessel. And we say we walk in glory and we have tremendous glory compared to what? <laughs> What's your standard? The Father. Our eyes aren't on man, women, ministries. Who cares about any of that? What matters is the Father, the priesthood of Melchizedek, is the standard of serving the Father. So there's no competition, no comparisons, only Him. Very simple and all-consuming. Do you want Him so much that you will face your own death? I know there's a fire available that's stronger than death. Where does death work? In the heart. Big pool of blood connected to a tongue that's called a rudder of a ship. Steering the whole person into destruction, James says. Wow. Where's the good news in that, James? Dealing with reality of what we became in Adam. People want all the warm fuzzies of the gospel, but if you read it, it's a sharp two-edged sword for your soul and it's piercing, and it's dividing, and it's war, and it's death to a wriggling snake that hates dying and loves self, refuses obedience, refuses submission, and has every excuse in its own brain why it's doing its own thing. It's Satan in you. Are you free from the devil? I know we all say we are, but the measure that you are not melted is the measure of the fallen angel's influence still in your souls. And how are they working cleverly through religion and religious ideas? mostly works so should we not work we should never work in the carnal nature we should be still until our spirit is set on fire and it's the father in us who does the works lest we practice witchcraft 
which is exactly the sin we're committing rebellion which is the soul's desire to be as good as God yet resisting the flame of death anyone who goes into the fire of God knows there's no one better than anyone else it's total mental illness madness of the fallen angels there's one good and he is God the fire so it melts away every area of strife every area of envy and there's one flame and he is your father in heaven and you are all trimmed wicks I just want you to experience what's going on inside my soul today and to share that with you that's what I've been doing with the father all afternoon going into the place of fire in my spirit and burning and melting and melting my eyeballs melting my eye sockets melting my heart burning my blood torching my bones and just a thorough sacrifice the best I'm able to do today and I know there's much better because I still can feel my pulse your external activities are those which can be seen outwardly they have to do with more or less physical things now this you must see there is no real goodness in them no spiritual growth in them at all and very very little experience of Christ Jian Guyan the constant state it's called maturity when we were young we did all kinds of stuff that we called God very little of it was ever God <laughs> and there's room for growing and learning and failing but when you get more mature Peter one stronger than you will bind you who wants to be bound bond servants in chains to what fire the true death of the cross the baptism of death is the actual mark of maturity because everything that hasn't died and been entombed is just a wriggling snake a pretender an imposter and they put the makeup on that serpent activity every day they call it God they call it everything except what it actually is Satan and demonic activity religious works all coming in the guise of an angel of light but it all deceives <laughs> and so scripture talks about a time when all Christians works will be tested in fire and we call it the white throne judgment seat of Christ the interesting thing is that throne can rise in anyone at any moment and judge everything around you Paul says that when your obedience is complete you'll be quick to punish 
all disobedience. What is the the burning and the testing of the works in fire? Will you allow your whole being to be tested? Do you know that's how you become judges? You realize the book of Revelation says, and to some of them, I will make judges, like the book of Judges, like Gideon and Barak, like Samson and Deborah. Judges. It's a higher and even more ancient aspect of kingship. Before there were any kings in Israel, there were judges. As it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. When judges appear in the land out of the glory realm risen in their heart through the testing of fire, then everyone's works will be tested by judges. What are the judges of Revelation? There's your white throne judgment seat of Christ. Death and his throne after death is not what Revelation is talking about. It wouldn't be written on earth if it was about the afterlife and death. There's millions of books up there for that realm that aren't on earth. If it's on earth and in scripture, it's for the earth dimension within time. Judges are coming forth who've been so thoroughly judged by the Father's fire that their very cups of their flesh will overflow in the exact same judgments. Why do you think people squirm? Why do they manifest? Why do they attack? Why do they slander? Why do they gossip? Why is there a desperation to protect themselves? because they're being judged because the light of his throne is coming through souls who've been melted in fire why do people manifest on some people and not others it's the degree of the judgment seat formed in them see a person that is not a judge has no real power or authority and so they're no real threat to the self nature their teachings are no threat. Their ministries are no threat. They do, they do no damage to hell. But those who've had the white throne of Jesus Christ rise in them, who are true judges, you'll know them by how much hell hates them, by how much the selfish nature of man despises them. What is the end result of a human being? Death. You will die. And the younger you embrace the truth of death, either by rebellion or by fire, the faster you can mature in wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What does it deal with? The fear of death. All covenants with all demons is inside the canopy 
of the fear of death. So when the last curse of death is swallowed up, it's because man has feared God. <laughs> it's true. When that really happens to you, Psalms 91 becomes reality. 10,000 will fall by your side, but it will not touch you. Chaos, crime, murder, drugs, gang activity, theft, all these things manifesting out of human hearts on an unprecedented level in Minneapolis, in Seattle, in Portland, Los Angeles, New York City is complete and total insanity right now. We look at that and we say, that is what existed inside the human heart the entire time. Why is it coming out now? Let's have wisdom. Was this not here already? Is this not the revealing of men's hearts as scripture prophesies? That what was inside covered in the false makeup of human goodness is simply being burnt out by the white throne rising in the judges. What did it look like when an apostolic witness of the throne of God entered a Grecian city? Rioting, burning, smoke, chaos, anger, shouting. Is that not what you see right now? This is the same testimony of the apostolic witness of the book of Acts. What you are seeing in the USA is the same witness of Paul and Barnabas in Greece 2,000 years ago. This comes forth with the apostolic witness. Real book of Acts apostles are on the rise. Still in training, it's always training. There's always refining, there's always growing. Paul grew from his first scriptures to his latter scriptures. So I mean, it's just like night and day. Like, how could they even be? Because it was true, it was perfect, and it was true and perfect as it grew into a, a greater maturity in his la later days. the growing in perfection. Perfection is not something that you just reach at a certain level. It's the light of the Father gets denser, changes, gets mixed with different characteristics. You're dealing with the living God now and not the dead formula one. The living God is always expanding inside every soul 
that will be a sacrifice to him. And what you begin to figure out through experience is your ability to burn, to go into a new level of the unknown. People write a book and they have some experiences and people call them leaders and mature ones. And compared to the nursery that we're dealing with, it's true. But the actual maturity of the Father is unknown in what it looks like, sounds like, behaves like. Christians don't know the Father. You watch them react to things they don't understand. Attack, gossip, and then defending their reasoning against an unknown God. All of these realms that we know nothing about, that you have never experienced, that you have never been in, will come through a greater dying in your soul. And your soul will feel like, like it's melting. There will be a losing of your personality, a losing of control, a losing of dignity, a losing of respectability, a losing of cares, wants, desires, and a greater falling in love for the fire that melts you is love. Love is patient, isn't it? <laughs> Love submits to one another out of reverence for Christ. Love considers others more highly than itself. This love is the fire growing in your soul. So that love becomes the mark of true maturity. Not easily irritated, is it? How could it be? Love is fire. There's nothing much there to irritate anymore. It's like throwing sticks into fire. It's like, whatever. He makes his ministers flames of fire, and we quote that all the time, but it's a place of indestructibility. True maturity. It's a place of standing around the Father's throne as a fully melted vessel. And there's more coming out of the Father today than there was yesterday. And as it peels away the layers of you, you face everything that's in you. And it is scary, it's horrifying. It is a death. It's a death that the saints around his throne continue to face for eternity. Love that is stronger than death. 
the light coming from our Father, which is your transfiguration, the metamorphosis of the worm, gets in a cocoon, ultimately the throne room, and then bakes. It melts. It sits there, basically in a straitjacket, can't move, and melts into mush in the heat and the light of the sun. And that becomes the transfiguration, the transformation of the Christian. Literally. Literally. Will there be a melting of your brain? <laughs> Does this flesh look anything like Jesus' flesh? Very, very different flesh, people. People say, oh, but I already bear the image of God. Man, you are clueless. <laughs> and that's not to make fun of you. It's just you're so wrong. So insanely wrong to settle for such a low standard to bring the human into the divine. Very, very evil. Very wicked. To think that anything human can relate to the divine is nothing less than madness. And that's what religion is. It tries to relate the human to the divine. And God will kill it in fire. Those representations of him that are so false, so inaccurate, and everywhere will burn. They must burn. People must accurately see the distinction of his holiness, of his light from the light we've lived in that is actual darkness. You have to differentiate the creator from creation. You have to separate soul from spirit, bone from marrow, and you have to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. The very judgment of fire. The testing of our loyalty. And the thing about it is what comes out appears to be our disqualification because you are false and you are phony and you are fake and you are not loyal, and you are not faithful, and you are adulterous, and you are murderous, and you are religious, and that is true. But his fire can burn you, <laughs> and his fire is holy. His fire is righteous. His fire is wonderful. That fire alone, through the sacrifice of your animal flesh, and your animal soul becomes your divinity. And the more clearly you can see his fire separated from your animal condition, 
the greater your fear of the Lord, the greater your maturity. Paul says, I'm the worst of the Pharisees. Paul says, I'm the least of the apostles. And then at the very end, he says, I'm the worst of all the sinners. There was a progression in true humility of understanding his nothingness. If you want to grow in God <laughs> and become mature as the Lamb of God is humble, there must be a progression of the revealing of your sinful condition. Does it go away? No, it stays on the altar. Is the sinner ever anything else? The fire is something else. There's no more sin in the fire. But you remember and you have tested this fire when you have gotten off the altar in your own opinions, in your own ideas, in your own expressions of God that are unique to your own unburnt soul that you got into the devil every time that you became a member of the cloud of fallen angels instead of the cloud of witnesses every single time you got out of the fire every single time you partnered with the enemy and so that's humiliating and it's humbling and it's painful and we cry. We've cried a thousand times over our own condition until we realize what God has set up for us in this new covenant, what the royal priesthood of Melchizedek is, that you can live as a burnt offering. The Holy Ghost is here to be the flame upon you and your animal condition, the animal eyes. These eyes will lead you to stray. Animal heart. This heart is wicked beyond knowing. You think there's something good in this heart? Only by fire. You think these eyes can release the light of God's glory flashes of fire? Listen, Jesus didn't even consider himself good. He showed you how to bring your flesh before God, didn't he? What did it take? Complete and total annihilation, even though he used his flesh perfectly his entire life. It still had to be annihilated. How complete is your sacrifice for God? This is what it's going to take for you to go all the way. I want you to count the cost today. We say we're Christians, but how much Christ do you actually want in your Christianity? What measure of the Father will you live in for eternity? That's what's at stake in your decisions today. How close you are to the Father's throne in reality is what's at stake. Salvation's not at stake. We all love Jesus here. Most of us have tremendous experience with God. That's wonderful. There are still levels of sacrifice we haven't entered into yet. And we will as we mature. Our ears will change. We won't hear the same way anymore. We won't hear how people talk the same. There will be no reaction to anything that anyone says. Why? 
Our ears are on fire. They're burning. And so their words just, they add to the collective of God's burning fire. God has always been fire, and he always will be fire. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is fire, and that fire is love. And as it burns you up, it makes you stable, consistent, in one thing only. Death. The baptism of death. The emotions are dead. The feelings are dead. I don't have feelings anymore. Oh, you do too. Listen, guys. The fire will change your feelings. You will get very, very strong. God is so emotionally stable, it's scary. Very terrifying. That his personality is so perfect, you can't even calculate it. The depth of his thought life, so perfect, you can't calculate it. This is whom you've centered your life around. And we want to go deeper into him to change more into his likeness. Not just in spirit, but in soul. (laughs) The real sacrifice is in soul. Soul is your mind, will, and emotions, your personality, your attributes, everything mommy and daddy gave you. Becoming like Brian Barthrop or becoming like Father God. That's the decision every day before you in your flesh and DNA of your soul. And your soul can cling to your mother and father's blood and still fake an external Christianity. And that's really what we want to deal with. The toleration of blood that is unboiled, unclean, unburnt. The blood has to be licked up in fire. The blood has to be boiled. Jesus' blood is changed. Woman, do not cling to me. I have not yet ascended to my Father. Don't corrupt my blood, Mary Magdalene. This blood, as I ascend into the cloud, will become the very river of fire for the new world. And so will yours. The change in the burning of cities, the change in the burning of hearts, the change in the burning of minds, truly the evolution of civilization is because your blood has risen in the fire of God. The life is in the blood. What is the river of life blood? Truly no human being has any life in their blood because they die. (laughs) We're talking about real life, divine life, Zoe life. The quality of blood that Adam and Eve had before they fell, before they died. Their blood changed. You will feel your blood changing. You'll feel your heart changing. You'll feel your bones changing. You'll become that caterpillar mush. 
Do you think Paul uses that by any coincidence? What do you think Paul's going through when he writes Romans 12 too? Metamorphosis. Becoming mush. Clay in the potter's hands. Caterpillars in the father's cocoon. Burning, melting, an ever-increasing fire. No escape. What did I sign up for? Divinity. You signed up for God. You said yes to Jesus and had no idea what you were getting yourself into. It's endless goodness inside endless burning. But no one can go into heaven except through fire. What guarded the Garden of Eden? Flashing fire. That flashing fire is still there. That's what we're ministering to you tonight. Flashing and fire. Heat and burning. And to every heart that desires to re-enter heaven's garden, which is the Father's heart, you must go through that fire. Don't run from the fire. Walk into the fire and your fears will burn away. Your envy, your strife, your immaturity, your competition, your greed, any attribute and characteristic of the fallen angels is ignited. And you'd be surprised, it's 100% of what burns. We wanna say, oh, I'm so full of God. The greater fire reveals the measure and the degree of God currently formed in you. If God were to turn up the fire on you, how much of you would squirm, would manifest? Mostly in pride, which would pretend to protect itself and pretend to be godly. But if he turned his fire up even hotter, would your false godliness reveal its satanic origin? The truth is, it would in every single one of us at this moment. There's not one person here that wouldn't squirm if the Father turned up his full fire. It's accurate. The bones, the brain, the greed, the idolatry has completely marinated every blood cell, bone cell, and brain cell in all humanity. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, Jesus said. What is he saying? That all flesh and blood is corrupted to a T. So does that mean just destroy the human race and start over? Well, they got to that point in Moses' ministry, didn't they? Didn't they? They said, yeah, let's destroy them all and we'll start over. They got to that point in Noah's ministry, didn't they? Let's destroy them all and start over. Are we at that point now? Destroy them all? All flesh? All blood? With God's fire, we are. And it's the best possible solution. It's what the Father wanted to do the whole time. But because of the fall and the honoring of man's will and the earth dimension that he's given to Adam and Eve, 
and how Adam and Eve gave it to the serpents, he's held back and only allowed this power to come through willing vessels as they drew near to him. Every step of humanity's progress back to God out of the fall in restoration and resurrection has been through willing vessels. He set it up that way. There has been no progress back to God except through people that wanted to. No force, no pressure, pure desire. <laughs> Seeking him in his fire. The enemy does forceful acts. The enemy gives commandments. God just opens gates and says, come if you're thirsty. Clearly, you don't have to. And let he who hears hear. Let is the lowest form of commandment. Meaning most people won't obey because they need a, a whip on their back. You're not going to get any of those people in high levels of glory. Because it's like, is it really optional? He only allows those to come to him who truly want him and love him. Everyone else, he just lets them do whatever. That's how God the Father is. The angels that are close to him wanted to be that close to him. <coughs> Excuse me. And the 24 elders that wanted to be that close to them got that close to them. So stop bothering people. Let them go where they want to go. If you don't want to serve Jesus, you don't have to. Like my friend Jim Samuelson said, this is a get to, not a have to. We want to be very close to the Father. We'll do anything. We'll say anything, we'll sacrifice anything, and we have done that for many, many years, and we will continue to do that forever. Our obedience and our sacrifice and our burning will only intensify. The people that don't bring that kind of sacrifice and do all these other things in the earth will continue to do those things, but they'll do them in the glory of God. They'll do them at the same distance you realize that? Does disobedience go away or does it just put everyone in their place when you raise the standard? What is the fire going to do to everyone that hasn't walked with God perfectly? See, this is about perfection, glory. This is about be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. What about 99.9999999999% that don't have that standard, have never heard that standard, and reject it. Those are called the degrees of God. They'll be put in the degrees of where their heart is currently. It's a big tree, isn't it? Long branches, fruit, 
roots, distances, sizes, measurements. And so the body has many parts and there are all kinds of levels and depths. This is a very, very intricate kingdom. The angels have measurements of everything in this kingdom. And so people's reactions to the perfection of the Father is what gives them their permanent placement in the kingdom of heaven on earth. That's what's beginning to happen. There's a shuffling, there's a moving, there's a shaking, there's a baking, lots of quaking. And everyone's heart will accurately reveal their distance from the Father's heart. And so what we're trying to do is a perfected synchronization from the source of fire, God's heart where the fiery coals of the seraphim come from, God's heart, and our hearts. Not our minds. The mind is the aftermath. Out of your heart, your mouth speaks. So your face and your brain and your eyes, your ears and your head get the overflow of the flesh of your heart. This is the gate of the soul, the heart. The heart is primary over the mind and the will. The heart leads the mind and the heart leads the will, always and forever. And so if our hearts are after God's heart, then our hearts will burn with God on new levels that the earth and the nations have never known before. And that level of divinity and sovereignty has the power to completely change humanity's direction and course in life. It's called a rudder in James. Wisdom steers the ship, and that tongue goes right down into the pool of blood and is steered by the heart. So if your heart's on fire, is your tongue fire? Leadership whose tongues of fire. Doesn't that sound like the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Not whose tongues are blood, but whose tongues are fire, because their hearts are melted like wax. That is the standard in the world today that will pull humanity God's way. God is an ox. Moses came down off the mountain with horn-like appearance and was burning so bright that people were scared to look upon his face of fire. The fire pulls like an ox. And what is the cart it's pulling? Every single soul on the planet. Would you believe that we're carrying and pulling that cart? Are you pulling cities? I don't want to go. You're coming. The ox of God is dragging this cart into the fire. 
So there's a sovereignty of a container, but inside of it, the appearance of free will. And so even inside the container of the cart that the ox pulls, people think they're independent from God, but they're all being pulled by the ox of God. And within that container, everyone is burning. And so true intercession is the ox. And the container is the word of God. Christ filled the universe already, Colossians says. What are you doing with Christ's ability? Are you using the container of Christ to pull planet Earth into heaven? That's what 2,000 years of Christianity has been. And so there's a moving, there's a shifting, there's a burning, there's a pulling. And then everyone caught inside what God is doing. And inside that box are a hundred million opinions. And the fire will increase upon them and burn them and melt them. Will we have unity? Only in a level of fire that can melt the brain into the stomach. You'll never have unity of the brethren when people have their own independent brains. I mean, the mind of Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. <laughs> Group thought is the only way of the kingdom of heaven because there's only one mind in heaven, the mind of Christ. But since you don't know what that is, we tear it down and have our own independence in our thought life because of a lack of burning and melting our very brains into our spiritual stomachs. The brain can be an amazing treasure if it's stored in the rich treasury of glory, but if not, it will lead you to destruction. It'll lead you to hell. You'll go the way of the fallen angels, guaranteed. That's how everyone goes to hell, is by being brain-led. Brain-led religion, brain-led rebellion, brain-led all the sins of the world are from brain leadership. Until you can tuck your brain into your belly and be spirit-led, you'll be confused in every idea in your mind, as most people in the world are right now. Why? Because they're brain-led. Not a single one spirit-led. You're only spirit-led if your brain is in your belly. It's true. Your spirit. <laughs> the brain controlled by the belly or the spirit is at peace with God, Romans 8 says. You believe it? Have you ever practiced it? Have you ever experienced it? You ever seen what it's like to not be a human being anymore? What I'm telling you is this is what a living creature, a new creature in Christ actually is. It's a being that runs off of God's intelligence and God's spirit and not Satan's intelligence in your flesh. And all of that is what needs to burn in us. And as it burns, you'll grow in wisdom. The very melting of the soul is the increase of God's wisdom. Father God, melt our souls, increase our wisdom, 
burn our hearts, burn our minds, burn our bones. We give you our souls. Wear our souls as your clothes. Anything you want to change in our souls, we give you permission to change our souls, restore our souls, heal our souls, not for our liking, but for yours. We ask that you would purge all selfishness from our souls, that we be nothing like the fallen angels and everything like you in Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.